Voice of Times, live from 710 Kiel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only news magazine and radio show for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning into our show today. Also, thanking those who might be listening via the internet at www.710keel.com. Also, thanking those who might be listening via the Keel application on their Apple or Android devices. We do thank AARP Louisiana neighbors, tenant country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer for being the exclusive sponsors of this radio show to provide you with beneficial information each and every Saturday morning. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn about age bias and how to end it. So stay tuned to the show for some very interesting information for you and your loved ones. It is Saturday, June the 25th, and we are broadcasting our show for the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show is not live and has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the June issue of the Best of Times in one of our 270 distribution locations, and also make plans to pick up the July issue of the Best of, Best of Times magazine at our 270 distribution locations beginning on July the 1st. We do thank you for the many compliments about our magazine. We appreciate hearing from you. Remember Remember, if you're unable to find a printed copy at one of our distribution locations, you can always visit our very popular website at www.bebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our magazine, as well as to view the 2022 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory. In addition, you can listen to previously broadcast radio shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Great news to tell you, our friends at Ernest Arlene's has brought back the Best of Times special dinner every Thursday night from 4.30 p.m. to closing with fabulous meals at a highly discounted price at only $25, along with entertainment and valet parking. It is highly recommended due to the popularity of this Thursday night special to make reservations by calling 318 326-1325. Again, that's 226-1325. Today, the Red River Balloon Rally continues, sponsored by Centerpoint Energy, and it will be take place at the Brookshire's Grocery Arena in Bossier City. Of course, live entertainment beginning at 5 p.m., Kids Fun Zone, Balloon Go, fireworks, and much, much more. For more information, visit their website at redriverballoonrally.com. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're more sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana Neighbors, in the country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AARP Louisiana and Ebers, sending country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Kaligas, I do thank you for taking time to listen to our show today. 
Joining me on my show is a special guest is Miss Tracy Gendron, who is a PhD and a gerontologist and the author of a book, Ageism Unmasked. And I have invited her to help us explore age bias and tell us recommendations on how to end it. So thank you, Tracy, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, this is a very interesting topic. Uh, I'm, I'm, I will tell you, I've done this show for 22 years, and I've only had one guest that talked about this, and that was probably 20 years ago. And it needed to be done more and more. But there aren't many people like you that are that are that are helping to try to end it and to bring it to the attention as much. But I'm glad she has that book, Ageism Unmasked. I've read it, Tracy. It's an excellent book. I hope that uh, all of our my business friends out there, as well as these young marketeers, as well as uh, you know other people out there, need need to read it. It has some really practical advice. We're gonna, we're going to touch on it today, but I recommend people to pick up the book. Uh, it's available, of course, on Amazon. You can go to our website. I think I've got links to it as well, so I'm going to give you a, a focus a focus on that. Well, Tracy, I, I, all my listeners know, most of them know, <laughs> I'm 72, so I've been part of this particular ageism, discrimination, you know, calling me old man, old guy, etc., for many years. And, uh, and about 10 years ago, maybe longer than that, I was invited by an international group of business people. They've heard about my, my magazine for some reason and asked me to speak about ageism and, and about dealing with seniors and boomers and mature uh, persons. And it was an interesting conversation, which very few people there were like, I mean, there were thousands of people in the audience, but I didn't think that they got the message that I have about, uh, you know, you need to stop this, and, and especially when marketing about your products, et cetera. Did you, do you still find that today? Absolutely. So I, I think, you know, I write a lot about ageism in the book and a lot of the ways that it shows up and it manifests. But, um, you know, your point about it in business and in advertising is one that is really, really huge in that, you know, older people themselves are like some of the, the biggest consumers of goods and services and yet really underrepresented in the way that we advertise and the way that we market and even the way that we develop products. We very often develop products for older people without asking them first what they're interested in you or would, what they want. Yeah, you would think they would have a focus group <laughs> to try out the mm -hmm. products before they put them out in the field and, you know, start selling them. But, you know, that, that was, uh, I think I brought that up with somebody. I used to be a home health care administrator, and that was mm -hmm. many years ago. Wow, like 30-something years ago. I was there for 10 years. And, you know, they came up with these new DME products. And I, I, I remember asking one of the inventors uh, that were in the uh, Dallas area, and I went by their I said, so how is it, has this been tested? Oh, no, we have, you know, people in the shop that test it. And I said, you don't have a focus group to test this particular uh, fancy-dandy wheelchair, and et cetera, that, you know. Mm -hmm. and no, no, I didn't use any mature mature adults to test it out. I said, hmm, okay. So exactly. tell the people, you're, you have a unique background. Uh, tell, tell my listeners about your, your background. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm one of those people of really 
small group of people that knew when I was in high school, as soon as I learned the word gerontology, that I wanted to go into gerontology. And gerontology is the study of biopsychosocial spiritual aging. So I wanted to understand holistic aging and what it actually meant to age more than just from the perspective of our body, but how we just grow and evolve and develop and change over time. So I have a master's degree in gerontology that I got in the mid-90s um, and then have worked in the field for many years and then went back to school to get a Ph.D. to do more academic and teaching and research type of work and then became super interested in ageism when I realized for the first <laughs> time how ageist I was. And here I am, a gerontologist for 25 years, um, and I had no idea that ageism was so invisible and deeply embedded within me. And that's when I really became super fascinated to try and study it and understand it a little bit more. So explain to our listeners what is ageism So in, 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 in an easy term so they can understand. Yeah, in, in its largest sense, ageism is discrimination based on age. So it is any time of um, any time where we discriminate, where we have prejudice, where we have oppression, um, where we uh, treat people of different ages differently than we would ourselves. And it could be against younger people as well as against older people. But it tends to be focused against older people more because we tend to really value youth. Right? When you think right. back to that marketing, we pathologize what it means to be old, we stigmatize what it means to be old, and we tend to venerate what it means to be youthful. So it plays out in a lot of different ways because it's not only how we see older people, it's also how we see ourselves as aging people. So it's external and it's internal. Well, one question I have, I want you to emphasize that to my list. Most of my listeners out there are 50 and older. I've got some young people listening, but. I do want to say that it, it, you're right. It doesn't just target uh, the people that are, let's say, 50 and older. I, I, when I was a young engineer, uh, wow, back in the 70s, uh, I was a, an engineer, and I worked amongst lots of mi- older men from 70 to 80. They had not retired yet. They were planning to retire. And I saw a reflection back then that, oh, Gary's too young. He's only 26. But my mm-hmm. boss, who was 84, and I'm all the I'm in, in a large department, and he had more confidence in me than all these others, and says, "No, we're going to sign this to Gary. Though he's the youngest member of the team, he's going to think outside the box. Y'all been doing it for 20 years, so I, mm-hmm. I was I felt really good that he saw that you know I was able to do it, even though I I didn't have as much experience, but I would grasp it, learn it, and I implemented a lot of interesting uh, products." Uh, uh, Procedures and in, in, in the engineering, I was with a gas pipeline company. So it, there was back then, and the other individuals really were chastising me to uh, taking various projects and would ridicule me. Said, "No, he doesn't have anything, no experience. He doesn't have any. He just has, you know, a little bit of background, and that's it." So yes, it does affect the young as well as the older. So that's exactly right, and we see that play out in workplaces a lot. We see that when we, you know, stereotype against generations. A lot that you know, younger people just don't have the experience, or they don't know what we're talking about. So yeah, that's a great example. One section of your book that I read two or three times, which I, if anybody gets this book, they should definitely get this particular. I, I don't. I'm not going to quote it. I got it right here. 
It's the section where you explain the reason that ageism matters. I thought that was remarkable, and I, I really want to touch on that because I think that will that, that will emphasize the importance. You said it's because it's bad for your health. Explain that to our listeners in, in so many words. Absolutely. It, you know, it's one of those things that continues to amaze me because we have so much public health knowledge. We have so much information out there about what is bad for us. We know smoking puts us at risk. We know not exercising puts us at risk. We know not eating well puts us at risk. But what we know and we don't talk about is that when we have negative feelings about our own aging, it actually puts us at risk. So there's all of this research done that shows that people who fear their own aging and carry around that stress and fear are actually more likely to have chronic diseases, more likely to have depression, more likely to have memory problems. And if that's, you know, not enough of a reason, there's actually an impact to one's longevity. So there was a study done in 2002, so we've known this for quite some time, that shows that people who have more positive views on their own aging live seven and a half years longer than people that have negative views. Yeah, it's a wow moment when you realize that just the way you think about your aging has that level of an influence on your life and your happiness and your life expectancy. You know, you can see one of the reasons why this matters to each and every person. So the positive attitude is, is one of the critical factors. And, you know, during this COVID situation, I had more uh, mature individuals, my readers and, and my radio listeners, came and said, Gary, I'm so depressed. You know, people dying throughout the world and, and I'm just, you know, locked in. I'm just like, I don't want to live anymore. I says, don't, don't say that. There's, there's so many positive things going on. Not everyone is dying in the whole world. And, and just have to take some safeguards, right? So let's let's look at some of the positive. I, I'm telling you, I, in my little small neck of the woods, I had more people that seemed like they were more d- depressed and not optimistic just because of this this scenario that was happening. Did you exactly. see that? As, and if we, did you see that I as well in parts that. of the country? Absolutely. Well, and COVID really brought out, I think, you know, a lot about social isolation and about how social isolation is not limited to older people how you know, we're all at risk for potentially being socially isolated. Um, and COVID really, really demonstrated that. But COVID also you know, really demonstrated ageism. I think that's one of the reasons why I ended up kind of writing the book at that time was because we started to see a lot of ageist sentiment come out, which was problematic, but on the other hand, beneficial because people were starting to recognize it and see it for the first time. Right. So, you know, we... Yeah, we were seeing sentiments of, you know, not to worry about COVID because it just affected old people. We know now that that's not true, but that in and of itself, good, good point. you know. I never, I never thought of that until now. Yeah, it was like targeted to us, you know, 50 and older, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Why should we care when this is just about older people? We should sacrifice, you know, older people's lives for the sake of the economy. We don't have to worry about it because this is just in long-term care. All of these things really showed us how much we devalue what it means to be older. I remember going to seeing my doctor when I first got diagnosed with it, and uh, one of the uh, three times, and he point blank told me, and he's he's in his early late forties, and he I've seen him for a few years, wonderful doc, uh, but he was saying, Gary, uh, I I. 
I want to tell you this uh, in a confident level. He says, you know, you've you've coped with it, you've dealt with it, but I will tell you, I have t- I have two other young patients that are 26 years old. They go to the gym 14 times, you know, a month, and mm-hmm. and they're exercise. They eat right and healthy, but both of them. He talked about two guys. Two, they're both in their twenties, are in the hospital now under ventilators, having COVID, mm. and do not. I don't think they're both going to survive. And he said they had all the lifestyle, didn't smoke, didn't, and they were all, you know, um, very muscular. And he was just telling me their whole story. He said, you, you never know about the certain conditions that that people could get. And so it didn't have just affect them, and, and maybe they didn't take precautions enough, or maybe et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, you know, he. I didn't want to go into great detail, but he was. Point blank to say, Gary, it doesn't target. He was emphasizing it, you know, just just seniors and boomers like you are. I said, well, thank you, Doc, for giving that overview as well. So one one other one is that the the, the health was remarkable. I think that was. You have like twelve points. We don't we don't need to go over all of them. But the other ones, I, I love it. It says. Ageism matters because it's bad for business. I want you to emphasize that because a lot of the entrepreneurs and business owners and managers are out there listening to the show today. And I think this is a, an interesting topic to, to discuss to them. Why is it bad Absolutely. for their business? Yeah, there's so many ways that ageism is bad for business. The first one really is about what we talked about earlier, where if we're not involving older people in developing products and services that they actually want, then we're missing out on opportunities to innovate and to create products that not just meet the needs for safety. Because if you think about it, most of the products you see for older people are either about safety, security, or surveillance. (laughs) Older people need much more than that. That's a piece of it. But how about what older people need to thrive, to grow, to have purpose? Think of all the opportunities for innovation in that space. So it matters to business. You know, think about how much money there is that could be made from really looking at products that older people want. But also thinking about older people as contributors to the economy. There's many people that continue to work because they want to, because they like to, because they find purpose, or even because they have to into older age. So thinking about older people as contributors to the economy, both as consumers and as producers, is also, you know, a, a way that we can capitalize on on all of the benefits of an aging population. And then my own research showed that people who um, work with older adults and have a high level of internalized anxiety about aging, they don't tend to stay in their jobs and they don't tend to be happy in their jobs. So we need to look at how we train people who work with older people and how we talk about ageism before we hire people so that we can maximize people within the job. You know, it's very costly when you hire someone and then you lose them. Retention is, you know, a big drain on on the economy. So there are all different ways that ageism affects us at work and affects us in our businesses and in the economy. Um, and there's things we can do to, to prevent that. So so one more aspect about business you mentioned about, about hiring. I, I've noticed in my area there's such an availability of jobs in the area that some young people do not want it. I'm seeing more and more mature people, seniors and boomers like myself, uh, deciding on a part-time basis to go back and work at some of these places to keep themselves busy. You know, they volunteer enough, and a lot of them are, are coming back because they're greatly needed. I mean, including your 
yours truly here was offered a job. And I said, I'm, I got so many things going on. I don't think I could do it. I appreciate the thought and the opportunity, but, you know, not this time. But I was, I was yeah. deeply honored that this particular businessman said, you know, I, I will hire you today. I said, thank you very much about that. <laughs> you, you never know. You never know. But one, one thing I, we were talking about, Advertising and promotion, you know, we, we're, we're spending a lot of money on travel. I mean, I guarantee you. My, and uh, I just recently noticed all these travel destinations, including our friends at Disney, uh, never promote seniors taking their grandchildren, which a lot of uh, I've, we've done, uh, to Disneyland or Disney Disney World. So it's like, yeah. and I think years ago, I, 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 I told them, that they might consider doing that. Never got a response from the young 25-year-old that I talked with on the phone. But uh, I thought, you know, isn't that a good idea? Don't you think a lot of seniors would take their grandchildren you keep promoting it, reminding them to do, to do that as well? So, exactly. Uh, the only exactly. thing, the, the only positive, have you seen the latest? I'm going to plug a, um, uh, I have an uh, Alexa, and I've had it for, I God, since it first came out because my son, the techie person, young person, said, Dad, you need one of these, so I'll buy it for you. So I, at first I didn't like it, but, you know, we, we have two now. I love them. But I just saw yesterday they promoted uh, memories about a, two senior citizens. I hate to call them senior citizens, but mature people, a little bit older than me, dancing by Alexa because Alexa knew the tune they liked. And it was like that was emphasizing, uh, first time I've ever seen anything, you know, elderly couple uh, uh, being focused on getting an Alexa for themselves. Have you seen that commercial? I have not. No, I don't. I don't watch commercials. Luckily, I just stream, <laughs> so I don't get to see that. But yes, the more and more that we uh, advertise, you know, for older people, to older people, with them in there, the better. We'll hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're with our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana Neighbors, Sending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and a bear-stunning country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show is a special guest, is Miss Tracy Gendron, who is a Ph.D. and a gerontologist and is the author of the book, Ageism Unmasked. Thank you, Tracy, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. So we're, we're talking about that section of the books which explains the reason that ageism matters. And we touched on it's bad for your health, it's bad for business. Do you have anything more to elaborate on business section? On the business? We talked I to think, health, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think we covered that. And so what it, it also, you, you say it contributes to inequality. So what is that? Yeah. Inequity. Yeah. Me. You know, I think when when older people feel as if they don't have opportunities to contribute to society in meaningful ways, it keeps them out of, as we said, jobs, out of roles, out of opportunities to, to be role models and to be volunteers and to, you know, just be a part of something that's meaningful. So in that way, it contributes to inequity. I mean, inequity is, is really when one group of people doesn't have full access to all of the benefits. So I think ageism really keeps the door shut for a lot of people. Uh, 
So one another thing that you t- that you touch on, which I, I've never heard this term used, is relationship between ageism and ableism. Explain that to our listeners. Yeah, so ageism, as I said, is discrimination based on age, and ableism is discrimination based on a perceived identity or a perceived ability. So when somebody, um, you know, isn't able to either hear or see or has an impairment in the way that they walk, it's how able-bodied we are. And because aging does change our bodies, right, we do decline over time, the, the likelihood is that at some point everybody will experience some kind of disability. Everyone will experience some kind of limitation. So ageism and ableism go hand in hand. Sometimes something will be ageist, but for example, if you go to a restaurant and it's really dimly lit and you can't read the menu because it's too dark or the font is you know, really squiggly and not bright enough so you can't read it, that's actually ableism. That's oh. environments that aren't conducive to people of different levels of abilities. So you can kind of see how they go hand in hand because we're more likely to have an abil- a disability as we get older. Well, even but ableism some, can happen. Even some young people are having a hard time reading the menus. I've been to places that up in, exactly in right. New York. I think they decided to make the font side very small so they could fit it on one page and not have to print many pages. <laughs> it was so small. Exactly. It was so small. Luckily, my... Uh, iPhone had a magnifying system so you could pick the phone up and blow it up and see what you're reading. But it was extremely yep. small. And you're right, it was dimly exactly. lit. So, uh, I mean, we have technology to help us uh, able to read that complicated menu. And I'm sure you can comment this. We, during COVID, there was no menus. We had to use the, yeah. whatever that thing is called. Uh, the QR code. The QR code for all, and I yep. hated that, especially when I was traveling. <laughs> that was not my thing, uh, but I did because if Lord, you know, the wife says, do it. So I would do it, and we, you know, would read the menu. Okay, let's continue on. Uh, Gary can talk about a lot of ageism issues that he's dealt with. <laughs> so... Successful aging, I hear more and more individuals saying, I feel like I'm successfully aging in the aging process. So, uh, so tell us a little bit about that term. And Happy to. So successful aging um, actually was a, a term that kind of came out of gerontology, out of my own discipline. And this is a perfect question for a segue between ageism and ableism because successful aging When you think about it, most people define it as being able to maintain your independence, as being able to be healthy and active, as being able to be involved uh, in, in activities and in the community and all of that. And that is fine, but that's a very narrow definition of success. And it's actually a very ableist definition of success because it means that people who are not able to maintain their physical stamina aren't, quote, successful. So I think we just need a redefinition of what successful is so that each person can define it for themselves. Success can look like anything. Success could look like waking up because you have purpose and you have the way that you want to spend your time. And that could, you know, be anything that makes you happy, anything that brings you joy. So I think the power lies in each person being able to define what success means to them. And and it is true because some people say, you know, I can still drive. That makes me, even though I'm 84, I can drive. I don't, I don't hit any, I don't, uh, I haven't had any accidents or haven't any situations. So I'm, I'm happy. I think I'm successfully aging. Uh, and, And others are, you know, saying I can definitely 
do the ADLs, you know, if you don't yeah. if you don't do all those ADLs, sometimes you're going to need some assistance via home care, private and the, centers, and, and that's and okay. So, and it's okay, but to continue yeah. your lifestyle, if you're still successfully aging, to you compensate for that as well, right? Exactly, that is exactly right. And that way, we are not, you know, giving into that fear of I can't do something by myself. It's okay. We can ask for help. And we were actually always interdependent. So it's, it's okay to rely on other people. So once you're blending in the factor of caregiving, right? Mm-hmm. Caregiving mm-hmm. for a younger, a younger spouse, uh, et cetera, that helps them move along in having successful aging. Is that, is that, what, is that Care- what you're dealing with when we think about caregiving? I think caregiving is a natural and beautiful part of all relationships. So, yes, it is, it is normalizing caregiving and that we actually can get a lot of joy by giving care to other people of all different ages. I mean, when you think about parenting, that is caregiving. And we think about par- parenting as something that has great challenges but also great rewards. We can think about that for caregiving for people of all different ages is that it gives us the chance to have deep and meaningful relationships. So sometimes when we're not independent and we're asking for help from people, we're actually really deepening a a connection and we're deepening a relationship within this kind of care partnering because it's a reciprocal relationship. And you mentioned, I think, in the book somewhere the the, the, the side of ageism that people don't consider is devaluing those caregivers, appreciating what they're what they're doing for the person they're caring for. Is that what it? Is that what you see? Yes, yes, that's exactly right. And that was another one of those messages from COVID that we saw was, um, you know, we we were the first to hail hospital staff as as heroes of the pandemic because they were on the front line. But we really weren't thinking about all of the staff members, the paid caregivers that work in long-term care communities. Um, and, And we weren't valuing them quite as much. So, yeah, I think we can very often devalue kind of that caregiving relationship and not recognize how important it is for, for both people, for both parties, how it can lead to something that is that is a beautiful, positive process. In your in your research, did you find ageism, discrimination, and problems in other countries? I mean, is yes, it, is and that's it, a great question. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, there's research in in just about every country, and ageism is everywhere. So, ageism is is a problem as families have started to move apart from each other. Um, and less, live in less intergenerational settings. We've definitely seen a rise in ageism. And as kind of economies start to value more efficiency and productivity um, and contribution, we also tend to see a rise in ageism. So there's research that shows ageism exists in every continent, in every country, in every culture. Have you studied anything about the Asian uh, countries. I, yeah. I was fortunate enough to visit China in 2019 before COVID and spent 30 days and, you know, Gary talks to anyone. And so they were telling me how the negative effect of their one child program in China is now affecting the caregiving and the taking care of their seniors and boomers that are uh, are needing care. Uh, there are very few yeah. now that can take care of the mom or dad and going back to their home. It's like, and it's getting worse and worse, uh, they were telling me. They they never thought about that negative effect, even though they wanted to, I think, to curtail the population. But uh, mm-hmm. it's it's really been a downside to it. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and that's what happens when there's fewer people to take care of older people or help support older people. And then as families move away from each other and we're not living in those intergenerational communities and houses anymore, it becomes even harder because mom or dad or grandma and grandpa is not in your house or even in your neighborhood, but maybe quite a distance away. So that that makes it even more complicated. I like your your topic that you mentioned, uh, the term elderhood is a better way to talk about older age than just retirement. Yes, I love the term elderhood, and I will tell you why. Elderhood, to me, um, makes it kind of a normal stage of life. So we have childhood, and we have toddlerhood, and we have adolescence, and we have adulthood. And while I do think older people are obviously still adults, I think elderhood tells us that the roles and the opportunities and the things that we focus on in elderhood are different than what we focus on in adulthood. So to me, it kind of opens up the door to a new way, a strength-based way to think about what it means to be in older age. And that's why I love the term elderhood. And it's a better term to call a person elder rather than calling them senior citizen, an old person, or uh, a grumpy old guy, <laughs> all, all the terms, I, I was listening, I was trying to list one time all the different terms that I've been called, you know, but, you know, elder would be nice, they're elders in the churches, I mean, that's what they're there, they're, they're, they've been their experience, uh, they're, they're, they're put, I hate to say put on a pedestal, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they're respected, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think it's just about taking the stigma away from what it means to be old, right? There's no word that's going to substitute for old if we stigmatize old, if we dread being old. So I actually think we just need to take it all back. You know, we just need to say, I'm old and I'm okay with that. And I value that. And that's actually like a, a cherished state of being. Well, Tracy. So my, we use the word. Ch- oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. No, no, no. I would go ahead. I'm, uh, Gary interrupts. My wife keeps telling me, do not say that you're old. Yes, you're 72, but you you act sometimes like a 24 year old. So, you know. Oh, and I say take old back and say it. Claim it. Oh, she. Make it valued. She, she always uh, says, she doesn't want me to, to say, you're not old because you keep playing with the, your two year old grandchild and your seven year old. I've got six grandchildren and boy they make me feel like I'm young when I play with them uh, I have sore so, I'm sore in the afternoon in the evening but other than that I feel great I mean I'm feeling good so here's a question for you Gary okay. what does old mean what does it mean to be old is oh what does old mean it like mean, if you had to define old what would you say it was I would say uh, I've lived the I've had experiences good ones and bad ones in life. I I I'm an optimistic person. I've done my trials and tribulations. My bones and my body is not as strong and and, and functional as they were before. My ableism is probably down, but uh, I, I think I have a successful aging. I mean, I try to continually doing the things I want to do and make me happy. Uh, but others, like you know, I can't run a, run as fast as I could before. I can't do some of the other other activities. But uh, I'm happy. I mean, that's the other thing I can tell you. I'm happy. That's beautiful, and that's exactly right. So why would you not want to be that? So if old means that I have grown in so many ways and I'm really comfortable with who I am, I also have declined in many ways and some of that can be a challenge, it makes it easier to see that old is not bad. You described it so beautifully. Well, you captured you. all of it, the good, the bad, you know, all of it. 
And, and I to me, that's why we take it back. And I associate with young people. I mean, the, my kids are in their 40s, uh, but I I love talking to young people at, at our church and, and, and ask them what, what are their goals. And they're excited sometimes when I talk to them. And, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the 72 and they're the 19-year-old. And it, it's like they appreciate the elderhood, the elder experience. And they said, wow, you know, my Parents don't even talk like that to us and, and prod us and make us think a little bit. I said, well, you know, you need to ask them. You need to ask the question to start the conversation. So I'm, I'm, I'm not a gerontologist. I'm not a psychologist or sociologist. My daughter is, by the way. But uh, you know, I've had some learning experiences on that, so that as well. Let's hold that thought. Absolutely. And you know what you are? You're yeah. a role model for being 72. Well, thank That's you. That's you are. Made me, you made my day here. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're part sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana Neighbors, Southern Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana Neighbors, Southern Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a special guest, is Miss Tracy Gendron. Is that, am I pronouncing that correctly? Sometimes I rebaptize people. Yep, you got it perfect. Perfect. She's a Ph.D. in gerontologist. He has a fabulous book that I, I highly recommend everyone, Ageism Unmasked. It's available, I'm sure, on Amazon. And you can visit her website at Tracy Gendron. That's T-R-A-C-E-Y-G-E-N-D-R-O-N.com. And you have a fabulous website as well. So hopefully a lot of people after the show will air will go to your website and also pick up your book. And I, I it's it's very good, both for the individual, the business leader, et cetera. You're going to learn a lot. And you've done a lot of research. Wow. Uh, this is not a, uh, a 12-page. This is a, almost a 200-page detail with lots of references. When I'm talking about references, Lots of them, right, Tracy? <laughs> yes, lots of them. You have about 20 pages <laughs> of references. I mean, I do. <laughs> if anybody wants to research all the references, it'd take them about a, 10 years, but it, <laughs> at least. So uh, we only have a few more minutes. I could talk to you for, for days about this. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I think let's talk about how to end it, how to, how to spread the word about and to what's your advice on how to end it. Absolutely. That's my favorite part. So I think the first thing is recognizing that ageism is not about older people. It's about all people because we are all aging. So I think the very first thing we need to do to end it is make it personal, right? Recognize right. that this is about each one of us, no matter what age you are. And the fact is we're aging every moment of our lives, every single day. So to start to embrace the fact that we are aging is also really helpful. So make it personal. And then I think the second step is kind of find your why and figure out why does this matter to you? And we had a lovely conversation about that. Is it for your health? Is it for your business? Is it because you want an equitable society? You know, what is it that speaks to you? Why does this matter? And then I think we can really start to think about how we think about our own aging. Is it something you carry anxiety around? Is it something that you dread? It really thinking about that word old and how you identify with it. 
And then we can reframe and we can start to recognize that aging is not a process of decline alone. Aging is about growth. Aging is about becoming your unique self. And aging is not just about your body. It's about your psyche and your emotions and the way that you interact with the world. And to see it that way helps us reframe it from something that's just about decline to something that's much more complicated and much more exciting, which is that we continue to evolve and become our unique selves. So I think those are just some of the ways that we can start personally to end it is by looking at our own relationship to it. Okay, here's a question. You you mentioned it in so many words, and I think in your book you mentioned it in several places. It's the words we use or word, words other use that is, I think is the ageism uh, factor. Uh, quick story, when we took over, the when we started our magazine, The Best of Times, and the radio show, it used to be called Senior Scene News. Well, nobody ever thought until like a year later, my wife and I said, you know, why senior? I mean, that that's a connotation. Yeah. Why senior? So we changed it to the best of times. It could be somebody in their early 40s or their 102. Uh, it didn't necessarily focus on the word senior. So we took out the senior on almost everything we do. We do mature adults, celebrating age of maturity. We hardly use the word senior. And I noticed that one of our facilities in town, you talk about senior living communities, has changed their name to just plain independent living. Mm-hmm. And taking the That's word senior out, taking the word yeah, senior out of their, out of yep. it, and I think they're getting more positive results. But you know, I mean, I hate to say this, most people do not like to be called seniors. Are they a senior in high school? They don't. They, they don't. Right? And you, do you they don't. And you're right. And language matters. So yes, the word senior, the word elderly, these are all things that you know most older people don't like to be called. I think older people, older adults. I think elder. Um, or like you said, just making it about everybody and not about people of a specific age. All of that is moving in the right direction. And I know you, you mentioned about old, but I hate, you know, I used to be called the old man by my sons. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, old man, how you doing today? I said, Jason, why do you call me old man? I'm not that old. And plus, I'm still kicking. Uh, so he, he started changing his mind. So that's the question I know my listeners. How do you confront with these individuals that may, may hate to say belittle you, may use ageism words uh, against you? How do you deal with that? Tactically, I'm sure. But what was your yeah. suggestion there, Ms. Expert? That is such a good question and one that's really hard so i think we can ask people for clarity we can ask people to say like if someone says you look great for your age you can either say what is my age supposed to look like or (laughs) you can say you know i think what you're trying to tell me is that i look great which you know has nothing to do with my age um so i think we can either ask questions or we can clarify we can try and challenge people kind of like i did with you and said well what is old You know, we can ask those questions. Well, what do you mean by that? Because old is actually really complicated. So it doesn't have to be aggressive. It could just be opening the door to a conversation. If someone calls you young man and you find that offensive, you can ask them to, you know, call you Gary um, (laughs) or, or whatever it is that you'd like to be called. But we do need to start kind of having those difficult conversations. Yeah, and, and that that's an, an interesting thing. I've talked to young people and said, what, what should I call you? I said, Gary, what, what, do you yeah. need, what do you need to call me? He says, well, don't you want me to call you by your full name? Why? I mean, I'm calling you Bill. <laughs> yeah. What's the yeah. difference? So here, here's another one about ageism. I, 
we frequently go to a, a, a grocery store that offers a senior citizen's discount. So the young cashier says, sir, I, I think you qualify, but I'm not sure. Uh, and I said, well, you made my day, sweetie. <laughs> you made my <laughs> and that like, I don't know if she did that on purpose, but she's new. And she, and she said, I think you qualify for the 5% discount. I said, you want to see my ID? She says, well, I, I, I trust you. I think you're over 50. I said, well, you really made my day. <laughs> well, and I'd say in this economy, take any discount you can get. Oh, yeah. Things oh, are expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's, that. you know, you know sometimes people, that, that's the other thing I promote heavily is people don't ask for the discounts. It's that. I mean, I tell my, my readers and my listeners, ask for the discount. You never know. They may have one. They may not just want to give it to you because they don't want to offend you being a mature adult or a senior citizen. So do ask for them, and uh, it, it does work as well. So in closing, what else do you want to give our, our listeners out there before we, we close the show here? I would say read the book. I would love to, to have everybody read it and to be able to find a way to embrace their aging, to become more age-inclusive, to see themselves as someone that is aging, because uh, I think really together we can all change the culture, right? We can all make aging something that we look forward to and something that we embrace and create more opportunities for older people. Do you think we've been proved? Have we been proving in the ageism situation yes. in America? Has yes. it been proved? Great. I do. It makes me feel good. I think, yeah, past, past five, ten years, there's been a, a lot of good work done in this area, and we're definitely headed in the right direction. Well, thank you again. Everyone, the, the book is entitled Ageism Unmasked, and it's available on Amazon. Also visit their web, her website at Tracy Gendron. That's T-R-A-C-E-Y-G-E-N-D-R-O-N.com. Thank you, Tracy. Have a wonderful day and again thank you for educating me and my thousands of listeners out in radio land thank you gary it was a pleasure have a great one take care everyone please thank our sponsors and advertisers who support this radio show and our magazine the best of times remember tell your friends to listen to next saturday's show for some information that might benefit them or their loved ones both now and in the future don't forget to pick up your personal copy of the current issue the best of times at one of our 270 distribution locations may god bless you and your family god bless america have a great day and a great weekend thank you again for listening to our show i'm gary Caligas, wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day have a great day thanks for listening to the best of times radio hour here on 1017 fm and 710 keel be sure to tune in next saturday at 9 a.m for more best of times this is 1017 fm and 710 keel